same old trouble villains always knocking at the door pretty pictures on the page but nothing ever stays the Thank you, Vandello, and welcome again to Graphically Novel. My name is Josh Wasta, a.k.a. Fallout Fieri, and with me, as always, is the constant, unending racism in our society to my hope that it might someday end, but the realization that, nope, it won't. It's bare. (laughs) You take one shot at a guy on a bonus episode and suddenly he comes back swinging. (laughs) And with us, as always, the lovely and talented, the Baroness, Miss Jennifer Howland. Thank you very much. And it is my distinct pleasure again this season to introduce our guest, who is someone, Bear, that you are very familiar with. I've never met the man before in my life. I don't know Um, what you're talking about. (laughs) uh, Our guest today is Luke. Yes, sir. Hey, everyone. So it's, it's Bear's little brother. Yay! Which we have discussed you several times on this show before because... You've as, discussed him? Well, probably. Yeah. I, if he's been listening to the show. If he's I'm been sure listening to the show, probably, yeah. I don't know who you guys are. <laughs> uh, no, much much as I uh, talk about my brother Phil a lot on this show, Bear will talk about Luke a lot on this show as well. Uh, so it's great to have you. Uh, Thanks for, for having this, me. Yeah, this episode for From Hell, as we uh, return as we once talk about again. Our childhood. Oh wait, sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, but as we go back to the well, our second season was three Alan Moore episodes, and now here we are once again with more Moore. <sighs> it was it was a trial. Yes, it was. Luke, I think you're a better man than me if you actually read through all of that. I, you know, I was prepared. Like, you know, I made sure and got some brand new uh, recording equipment. I read through the whole graphic novel. Now, I can't say I read through all of the citations in the back, though. That would have taken me another month to get through. But oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, and we will get into it as we discuss Alan Moore, as we have in the past. Maybe even a few more... Uh, few more tidbits on the mad Rasputin writer. Uh, But before we do that, we have started a new tradition here in season three. And that tradition is that one of us, it has been me thus far, but it's the first weekend that we've recorded the first three episodes. So maybe others will take uh, the ball going forward. But we have a themed drink that either as listeners, you can join with us uh, and, uh, and go ahead and Make yourself one if you have the ingredients. My co-hosts do not know what this drink will be that fits with From Hell. And we're scared. And I'm not scared. Bear has an idea. I'm happy. I, if that's I what this, it is. I've watched this movie a dozen times. I'm scared. So, Bear, what was your idea? I, I, I don't I don't want to shoot absinthe. Please don't make me shoot absinthe. No, no, absinthe. no. You don't shoot it. You sip it. <laughs> it's worse. <laughs> that means it's going to be in my mouth longer. So you take one sip, and then you give the rest to me. Okay. <laughs> Except that is not. Dang it. That. Yeah. Uh, and for this, we're going to go a little bit into my thought process. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, what are you all knowing for? You um, live there sorry, more. <laughs> going to go a little bit into my thought process. So, from hell... This, this graphic novel that we have read, and the movie, the movie did a very good job of being more succinct about it 
uh, had many themes to it. And I started the very beginning of this with one of those themes. And that theme was anti-Semitism and racism, which unfortunately is still something we have today. And in this context, in Jack the Ripper's time, we did not have the modern context that we have for anti-Semitism especially, which we will use as a mirror on our society. I am not shooting Manischewitz. <laughs> no. <laughs> so what do you call people now that hold this anti-Semitic racist view? Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. No, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we figured it out. We didn't, we didn't we? catch it before. I know, right? We call you know it Nazis. what it is? Do you know what it is? And now? what is yeah, what is hell full of? Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Hell's dead, dead Nazis. Dead Nazis. For those oh, that no. are not familiar with this drink, there is a history. You know, I already brushed my teeth this morning. <laughs> <laughs> and I, they're nice and chilled. They've been in my freezer for a long time. Uh, also, this is Josh's favorite shot. It is my favorite shot. I d- do not give me that healthy of a pour. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, for those that are not familiar with this shot, it is equal parts, frozen. Well, as cold as you can get it. Jägermeister and Rumpelmints. Oh, I, I will drink the Rumpelmints all day long and actually would have drank the Rumpelmints with the Yukon Jack. But, <laughs> yeah, well, but this is Josh just, is this is just too girly, girly, girly drunk. Girly, girly drink, drink drunk. drunk. White girl wasted. Leave me me my closet with my pink squirrel. All right. Oh my god. So here we. Oh yeah, the nice. I hate you. (laughs) Well, that's how most wives are supposed to feel. Slasha. Oh yeah. Over the lips, past the gums. Look out, stomach. Here it comes. That's what I told them during the snake bite. Ah, there we go. Okay, so. Now that we got that out of the way. That's like smoking a really shitty menthol cigarette. I thought, oh. it, I thought it tasted like, like dirty toothpaste. Dirty toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Is that like the toothpaste that you accidentally like get out of the tube and then try to stuff back in and then reuse it later? Oh my God. I don't know, but I think dirty toothpaste is the name of my butthole surfer's cover band. Oh. <laughs> So, from hell, Alan Moore. Uh, I've got a beer to chase that with. So, uh, I'm going to start with... Beer, please. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to start with, we... I had never read from hell. I'd never read the graphic novel. Um, Familiar with the movie, although not not something that I'll watch, like, all the time. I think this is the first time I've watched it in four or five years. Um, Definitely the first time we've watched it yeah i um actually it's one of those movies that um you know you know how it is you have hbo something it's one of those movies if it's on i will just sit down and watch no matter where it is in the movie so i have a very distorted timeline of how things happen well and in the movie that that kind of fits in actually because he's on an opium trip enough that you're just kind of like oh i've stepped in somewhere yeah well and that's the thing too is uh one of my other favorite podcasts is called we hate movies where four guys from new york just sit down and trash movies but they refer to movies like this that you can be flipping through on tv as a hangover movie Mm because it's a perfect i'm laying on the couch I feel like death. The remote lands on this. I'm like, sure. <laughs> my, my mother calls those ironing movies. 
Oh, so those yeah. are like the mindless movies. You don't have to pay. You don't like the plot is either you've seen it so often you don't have to pay attention to the plot or it is completely mindless. So you can have it on while you're doing other tasks. Sure. There so anything go. that Bear and I was watching in between uh, year 2000 and 2008. Yeah. About <laughs> that. Yeah. Well, see, it, it is an all-encompassing kind of movie for Bear when you talk about the Dune miniseries. Because the Dune miniseries, well, he will my, turn it on. That was my hangover movie. That was my falling asleep movie. <laughs> that was my like background noise movie. That was, that yeah. was just... I, had a bad day. Yeah, I had a bad day, and I, I want to watch a bunch of people die movie. Like, Yeah, right? Um, <laughs> you know what? That's John Wick for me now. That, that's, that's, that's a good call. Yeah, yeah. You Which exciting forward. news. Sure. A... Charlize Theron Wait, confirmed have... that Netflix is working on Atomic Blonde 2. Oh, yes. sweet. And B, in the same interview, somebody brought up how Atomic Blonde seemed to have very, uh, like, John Wick roots. And she said, actually, we did do a lot with John Wick. She's like, and how cool would it be to have a universe where the timeline works where those two characters meet? <laughs> so she's, amazing. like, actively pitching the idea of an Atomic Blonde-John Wick crossover. So it would be kind of a prequel for John Wick. Oh, I love it. Which I think is what the um, Continental is going to be. Because the Continental TV show is going to be a prequel to the John Wick movies. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, back on track. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We have a track? Cool. Uh, (laughs) So, Luke, uh, before we get too much further into From Hell, we ask all of our guests, and this is the first time that you've been on on our show, um, what is your relationship with comic books? What's your history with comic books? So um, I really didn't get into comic books per se, but, you know, I knew of a lot of stuff. Like I would say, like, for example, most people think comic books, they think like X-Men. Well, I didn't necessarily dive into the comics. That was the Saturday morning cartoon for me. Uh, So um, it was, I just kind of uh, assimilated into the comic side of geek culture. Um, I kind of skirted the edge of it. I was uh, very much a big fan of it. Um, like, uh, for example, like my first, uh, work of Alan Moore that I had actually read or watched or anything like that, uh, was, uh, one of my college roommates, uh, gave me or lent me his copy of the Watchmen mm-hmm. and wow. which that was, that was something I had never like read or, or seen before, like ever, like, you know, I always thought, you know, comics were more, not even necessarily campy or cartoony, but you know, they had a certain thing like they weren't really that serious before, like, but then the Watchmen came around and, you know, introduced me to Alan Moore and I was just like, damn, like, this is actually some really like hardcore stuff here. So, um, I would say novice at best would be my, my intro into it, but slowly, but surely I've been starting to pick up a few things here and there. Awesome. So are there any current favorites? Is there anything on your shelf now that, you know, when you're relaxing or whatever, you just go and grab? Um, well, let's see here. I mean, there's been a few things like I've been, uh, I delved in a little bit. Um, Dynamite Comics was working with, uh, uh, with Paizo uh, to do a Pathfinder line of comics that I was reading for quite some time, which uh, was really interesting. Um, but uh, as far as a lot of mainstream stuff, not really. Like there's a few graphic novels I'll pick up. Uh, definitely I'm going to keep From Hell on my read every so often list though. Uh, I don't know. I am actually about due for another read through of The Watchmen though. Yeah, uh, and uh, when you're done with that, it's so. How long has it been since you read The Watchmen? I'm curious because this will be a good follow up to our last season episode on The Watchmen. Yes, that was. Let's see here. I first read it in 2001, uh, and then 
I read it again after I saw the movie, and then mm-hmm. I was really stunned with how with how well the uh, the the movie went with the graphic novel. Because normally you think, oh, they're basing a movie off a comic book. What are they going to throw out this time? You know, because everybody has that. Everybody has that. I'm sure you guys have the whole thing. Like, I want to read this first or watch the movie first before I read it, or you know, so on and so forth. Because otherwise, it's going to ruin it for me. Uh, I'll break this now. I watched From Hell first before I actually read it because we saw it, I saw it many times when it first came out. But then after reading it and then watching the movie again, I actually didn't like the movie at all. I was actually really <laughs> upset with it. I was just like, oh my God, you ruined everything. But no, not everything. <laughs> not everything. But I, I totally understand the whole deck comedy because it really changed my changed my viewpoint of it. So yeah. Uh, as far as that, yeah, it was, it was soon after uh, Watchmen came out that I read it again. And uh, yeah, it stayed pretty true, uh, at least in my mind. And that was what I was really impressed with. So I'd be interested. Definitely write us, uh, uh, and, and anyone that would like to, graphicallynovel at gmail.com. If you have any comments on our show or if we have encouraged you to go back, um, I highly recommend, Luke, that I would love to, if you go back and reread it, listen to our episode on Watchmen and give us your responses because I would read those at the beginning of an episode uh, just because I'm really interested in how people feel based on, you know, what, what we've said or how we've felt. Um, I'm really interested in your take on From Hell, the graphic novel versus the movie now, because I have the feeling that at least two members of this panel feel the opposite <laughs> way. <laughs> um, but for example, we had a, a uh, comment recently from uh, John Schwegler who uh, wrote in and wanted, uh, uh, he had listened to our episode on building our dream team, our bonus episode. Sure. Yep. And uh, he was like, I really enjoyed it. Here's how I would do it. And I'm like, I love that. I think it's really interesting. Um, I'm going to have to pull that up at some point. And, uh, no, I love that energy. I mean, that's right. fantastic. That's what we yeah. want. Yeah. You know? no, but we do want to have that conversation. Totally it's, it's another reason why we moved our webpage specifically to our Facebook. A, cost too much money for what people were using it for. But B, Better now we have our, yeah, it's our own forum. Yep. Facebook is completely our forum now. So when you see episodes come up on our Facebook, absolutely start having conversations. Keep them respectful. I just watched two guys get in a huge fight that ended with each of them calling the other cucks and assholes over whether or not they liked an episode of MST3K this week. Wow, so, man. <laughs> oh, man. That, that seems a little extreme. It was a little extreme. Well, it was on my post about Diabolique, which was the... <laughs> yeah, that was actually fabulous. I loved it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it's, it's a little scary, uh, you know the nerd powder keg <laughs> yeah no absolutely like i enjoy the new star wars for what they are you know i have no mm. and, and you know my my issues with it with the little bits that i'm like oh that dragged on a little long or, or whatever have nothing to do with the fact that oh my god ray you're putting it to a woman well yeah the best sci-fi in the last 20 years has had women in the main roles you know like Buffy, let's just start with Buffy. Buffy is probably one of the greatest 21st century... So I just want to interrupt you there and say, Luke, do not be afraid to jump in and say, hey, you know what? 
We're here today to talk about From Hell. <laughs> you know, Buffett was the greatest show of all time. I'm going to let you finish, but. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Angel yeah. was actually. Luke, Luke very much will wait, like, like me, will wait for Josh to put his foot in his mouth and then jump on it in a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't well, get to do it as often as you do. <laughs> to jump to jump back, the, the whole thing, the whole issue that we had with Star Wars is the fact that once you get a fandom that's so big, there will not be a storyline or there will not be anything that will be able to uh, appease 100% of the fan base. And honestly, as, as much as I hate to say it, the, some of the worst things to happen to uh, to any sort of fandom is the fans. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, and you, and that shouldn't be your goal as a creator. You right. Not, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't be trying to appease your fans. No, you no. should be creating, you should your, be art creating your, art. your art as you see it and as you imagine it and as you create it. And then if people don't like it, well, fuck them. Well, and that's the thing that that goes back. And Luke, I, I realize you have not listened to this episode because we have not released it yet. But <laughs> our Tank Girl episode, we talked about how basically Hollywood tried to co-opt the Riot Girl movement, right. and it failed. <laughs> <laughs> they did not capture what they were supposed to capture, and in fact, they tried to force other elements that felt so out of place that yeah. you knew you were watching two very different movies at the same time well of yeah. course yeah how long have we been watching things come out of the hollywood that's through the lens of a rich white man oh yeah bingo yes <laughs> absolutely so but, from hell. yes back to from hell. <laughs> uh, a movie that i would argue it's about rich white uh, men it is about rich white men but it it's also stuffy british rich white men it's also about uh editing ellen moore to make sense and not bore their audience to death. The boring the audience, I will give you. <laughs> yeah. So here's where we're gonna go. Luke, I would like you to um, make your, 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 any more case that you have before we go into, because I, I know how I felt about the comic, um, and I, I would love to, to hear your take before I, I start to go negative. <laughs> <laughs> well, it might, it might go negative fairly quick, but, uh, in uh, in when I was reading through the graphic novel, uh, of course. Uh, wait, what's our policy on spoilers here? So spoilers are full for the movie. You can allude to things that are in the comic that may be different. So you can say, "Oh, X." Like, okay, I, I will give you an example that that we will follow for this. Um, in the movie From Hell, Johnny Depp's Inspector character is a combination of two different characters from the graphic novel. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Inspector, and then there is the charlatan. And in fact, he's actually a psychic. Uh, the charlatan psychic in, uh, in From Hell um, is a completely different character that Victoria actually hires mm -hmm. and brings in to, to, you know. That's the level that I'm like, okay, very, very surface. Here's the difference but I'm not going into specific plot points. Makes sense. So uh, it's actually uh, some of that whole thing. The way that uh, uh, when you see when you see the film and it's presented where, you know, Johnny Depp is actually a mashup between two different characters and it almost as if they drop you in media res, whereas they they took it further back um, to start with the with the um, the, the graphic novel. Um, the whole thing that uh, it would the movie to me was more of police procedural mystery and shoving that angle 
more so than the conspiracy and like how insane Jack the Ripper was that they put out in the graphic novel. Like that was one of the big things to me. And I was actually uh, uh, texting uh, Bear uh, the other day too, as I was watching it, like, you know, I'm 10 minutes into this film and I hate it. It's horrible. <laughs> I'm terrible. I hate it. It sucks. He was. Um, and that was where we started the conversation oh, were, again about how, how I always prefer to watch the movie first. Right. Because like, if I watch the movie, I can enjoy the movie for the movie. And then if I read the book at some later date, I can enjoy the book for the book. And just because I've had so many times that that's, it's been spoiled doing it the other way around. Well, well see, I, normally I'm like that too. But the thing is, is that, you know, I, we had watched it so many times when it came out on DVD and we had, we're just like, what do we watch? Oh, let's watch from hell. Okay. So I know I'd seen it multiple times. I know exactly how the film came out, but after I read the graphic novel, I just did a complete 180 on that. I'm just like, but it never like clicked until I watched the movie. Again. <laughs> I was, it, it was really weird. I was just like, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the and, and there are multiple beats like that that are very, very different. And I have some notes that I wanna that I wanna get into, especially especially when it comes to the main plot of the the movie, because for those who are only familiar with the movie, first of all, you should know a couple things about the graphic novel from hell. It is it is not a graphic novel. It is. It is. Ten <laughs> it is ten graphic novels. You can find it all put together into one volume. I highly recommend you uh, reading it on a Kindle because what it does for the Kindle, they actually have a mode where it'll actually shrink it down into like one or two frames at a time. So you're not looking at the whole page and trying to figure, like trying to uh, uh, translate it, you know, with your Rosetta Stone on what the hell is going on here. Uh, it's more gonna, of a. I'm gonna go jump. Ahead. I'm gonna jump right in and let Jen take over because we there was just a fight hate, about this. Hate and rage. Hate and rage. She, she needs to know what what Kindle he, program you use. Kindle. Oh, Kindle. Kindle. Yeah, we have Amazon Fire. Mother. Fires. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So she's been trying with her Amazon Fire and, uh, for all of these. She prefers digital over physical copies. Yeah. Um, and every we cannot find a comic program that she likes. See, if I had a physical copy, I think I would have probably threw it across the room multiple times. You know, since this is actually a piece of electronic hardware, I don't want to necessarily throw it across oh, the room, even though right. it only cost me like thirty bucks. And, right. and the reading of it, like I, I, I made it through the fourth graphic novel and. I was just like, the second one about ruined me. Like, I was about done there. I'm just like, oh, oh my God. It, this is just an because entire graphic novel of him talking about magic and Freemasonry and Roman gods and... And setting up the, the insanity of Jack the Ripper. That was what I missed about the movie. It's like, you just think that he's just yeah doing it to kill. No, he is legitimately insane. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I, no. I no. don't need an entire graphic novel to see that. But, and hey, that's if Alan Moore said you need movie. an entire graphic novel, you need an entire graphic novel, son, and you read that thing. <laughs> well, and I did read something that said that Alan Moore with his hand full of silver rings, would punch the movie in its nuts if he could. Yes. Probably. No, no, no. <laughs> of all the movies that have been made about Alan Moore's work, he hates this the most. Right. Oh, yeah, because this is like his entire life story. Right, no, yes, no, this it is. is. This is yeah. Magic and yeah, conspiracy. Right? This is, this and, is the yeah. moment that he started to say things like he is a grand wizard. Not, not, they're different. Uh, he is a, a wizard. wizard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Uh, and uh, and he started to say things like, "Of course, I created my own god. I'm a writer, and by creating my own god, I will then bring God into existence." Wow. Yeah. Okay. I, I see all of that in this graphic. So, novel. I mean, that's a problem with being a creative. Crazy, talking about bringing the crazy, I think that the movie actually did a good job of showing that Jack the Ripper was fucking nutter right uh, we can also ruin the movie yeah. we assume people have watched the movie right. so the at movie, the end it can, ends up being can... the 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 doctor uh the dr. royal wells. doctor yeah dr wells dr wells um but i think well first of all a uh, fair fair disclosure here my grandfather was a mason as was mine my mother and my grandmother were both Order of the Eastern Star, which is the female Mason equivalent. Yeah. Well, it's not really equivalent. It's sort of a side thing to give the women something to do because, you know, the Masons were more important kind of thing. Yeah. Sure. Um, oh, yeah. No, this this whole, by the way, <laughs> yeah. Wells's whole male dominance yes. into the 21st yes. century thing yes. is now that I have gotten the barest glimpse of Freemasonry, holy shit. Right, and so <laughs> as, as, a, as a child, it's interesting because my mother really did try to, like she tried to raise me in a way that broke from the way she w had been raised. And so she felt that when she was a child that she was made to feel a lot of guilt and a lot of pressure to be a certain way. Wait a minute. I thought we weren't calling... talking about our childhood. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Michael Bay fucked up Transformers. <laughs> and so, you know, she, she really moved from that. And, you know, it was the seventies. So mm. we were all, you know, free to be you and me. We were transactional analysis for kids. And, you know, it's, <laughs> it was a very weird time, but she did a great job. By the time I was a young adult, Oh, you could not guilt me into anything, girlfriend. No way. <laughs> but as I got older, I started seeing, because she, when I was in high school, she went from being just a rainbow girl. She went into the, it's the Eastern Order. No, the Order of the Eastern Star. She willingly, as an adult, did the same thing that her mother did that she wow. rebelled so hard against, she did it herself. And I just remember being fascinated because it's so witchy, it's awesome, it's really cool. Mm -mm. Except for the whole like God, Jesus, yeah. and the subservient to men thing. Yeah. Because it's like, it's a very, very witchy, ritually thing. I mean, just like the Masons are. Um, but it's, you know, the women have to wear long white gowns and be unadorned when they go to the ritual. And then, you know, it's like they don't talk about it. It's just like Masons. It's like we're walking into a- Mormon uh, Temple? No, what's the Tom Cruise movie? Eyes Wide Shut? Eyes Wide Shut, yeah. No masks. Yeah, not that fun. Not yeah. that fun? <laughs> <laughs> not that kinky? No, because the men and the women yeah. are, well, yeah. okay. No orgies. Well, I mean, it, well there could be. 
Well, well, we're, we're deep enough in the order to know. Yeah, that's true. You get the All I know is the one time, one of the one of the times that we were we were larping in the in the uh, uh, the temple, and we were on the upper floor, and uh, one of the players went down to use the restroom, and went by a past a few of them passed, and overheard one of them said the other, "Oh, the, there are women folk in the building." <laughs> it's like, okay, you might want to you might want to tone down a little bit on the ritual there, pops. Yeah. So, uh, very recently, and I'm going to keep this uh, vague uh, for the for the purposes of the the friends that we have. But we went, we were invited, Jen and I, to go to um, a friend's. Uh, it was at a Masonic temple, and it was like he described history. it as a yeah. ghost tour. So, when you tell somebody like me, you're going to go on a <laughs> ghost tour. Okay, okay, the haunted like, houses, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, at the Masonic Temple. This is awesome. Yes. Who died at the temple? Yeah, yes. so we, we show up and we're going. A ghost tour in a Masonic temple is when you go from room to room in the Masonic temple, and they basically are giving you a tour, but also there are people trying to indoctrinate who are, who you are into represented <laughs> as previous dead Masons telling you like their tale. Historic Masons. Because they're yeah. ghosts. So this is this is like sorry, air the, quotes. This is like ghosts. going through the nativity if you're walking through a church. Yes. Oh, yeah. so you went through the Masonic stations of the cross. Kind of, yes. Kind of, but um, also as a woman, I was like, fuck yeah. Where's my phone camera? I'm taking pictures of all this shit. Because they've got some sweet ass, like just, oh yeah, no, it's like a museum. The collection. I mean, there are many things there that should be returned to the indigenous people from which they were taken. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so about ten minutes into this tour, um, our friend who had invited us, I happened to mention that my um, mother's father, my abuelo, uh, was a Freemason in Puerto Rico, and that I had inherited a hat box that had a hat and three books that were in Spanish and Jen was ignored. No, yeah, here's the, the thing. rest of the night. Well, and the other thing was, as soon as he said that, I'm like, yeah, my father was a Freemason as well. And my grandmother was in the order of the Eastern star. My mother was a rainbow girl and in the order of the Eastern star. And I have some of the things from my grandfather that I inherited, but it was like, oh, she's, she ain't got a dick. Let's ignore her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was bad. It was really, really bad. Uh, but anyway. That's uh, okay. How do you feel about this episode being Bash the Masons? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> when I end up dead, you know, my <laughs> our 10 listeners I, should probably I am mentally sound. Something. I do not wish <laughs> to. <laughs> He's not of that sound of mine. He did just make us shoot dead Nazis. That's right. true. And, and I'm not saying, like, you know, Trump, but... Like that's true. Liquor, yeah. Anyway, well, it would be pointless to shoot Nazis that were already dead. I mean, it would just be a waste. Yes, <laughs> I don't think fun. it's a waste. I'm going to shoot another Nazi right uh, now. You could just pour me a shot of Rumplemints. I'd be fine with that. Well, I got oh, plenty of Rumplemints. No. This is, I think, oh, the last of my Jägermeister. <laughs> Yeah, I got to get a new emergency Jaeger bottle for my freezer now. And see, just the fact that you've made decisions in your life that include the phrase emergency Jaeger bottle makes me question a lot. Yeah, you those should. three words shouldn't be in a sentence that comes out of your mouth ever again. Listen, if if at the point that I said, hey, I got a great idea for a podcast, no, so <laughs> go fuck yourself, hipster. <laughs> you know what? 
It's not my fault. It's true. Jen, it, Jen is Jen's fault. Fault. it is Jed's fault. It is Jed's fault. This is quite all right. It is a podcast. Is just a natural progression of the middle-aged man. It's just, that's, that's well, what happens. You know, and it's, I'm so busy. I just needed him to do something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so back to from hell. I'm sorry, to leave fun. Back to <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's the thing about, about this graphic novel and why I enjoyed the movie more. And I think I may have enjoyed this graphic novel when I was younger. Last season we did Swamp Thing, V for Vendetta, Watchmen. Watchmen. I think it was just. We just can we just call it Uno Mas. Yeah. <laughs> and in those, we discussed, and this was this was my discussion. My my realization was that as a young man, I loved Alan Moore, but as an older man, I realized that there is a difference between shouting down the problems in society and putting a flashlight on them, and thirty years later needing to offer solutions. And while this is brilliant, um, knowing also that this catapulted Alan Moore to become more of a Freemason and more of a magician, it didn't really offer solutions to me. V for Vendetta is the closest I can think of to something that offers solutions, and they are full-out rebellion. I don't know. Watchmen offered a solution. I I just don't know how to grow giant squid that can psychically scream and destroy half of Trump Tower. You know, well, aren't not- you really putting the cart before the horse? I mean, we need the big blue naked guy first. Amen. Uh. <laughs> hey, Jen's with me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's there are Alan Moore for his time did some amazing things to shine the spotlight, but that was thirty years ago. You know, now that we're starting to look at where we are in the world now, we all know it. Half of us are actively supporting the things that are bad that were highlighted, and the other half are desperately trying to fight against it. So is is it better <laughs> now? You know, you, you uh, and, and I, I generally, because I'm old, don't use the quote-unquote uh, woke word, but... So we're all aware now. Is it better? Well, we're, I wouldn't say we're, oh, we are aware. We are more aware. Right. I, I think that, with one o. I think that it's, I think that getting better as humans is, is incremental, which is unfortunate, but it happens and that's good. That's the positive. But because it's incremental, um, we as individuals might not be able to recognize that things are changing. And I, I know that there are people who say that things need to change faster. It needs to happen faster. Things need to be this way now. And as a species, we don't do that. No, we, really <laughs> we don't, don't change. I mean, evolution doesn't change that quickly. And I'm not saying that it's right. You know, I'm not saying that the things that are wrong shouldn't be corrected immediately. But as a species, we just don't have. We have the capability. Uh, we have, do we? We, we do. do we? we do because. One person sticks a dog in a piece of luggage in an overhead compartment in an airplane, and there was legislation the next day. Right, literally going through Congress the next day. What if? What if it's not necessarily uh, a force of change or an instigation of change, but 
maybe a bookmark in history and culture. Like, granted, yes, From Hell is a fictional account. However, uh, it was heavily researched and uh, matched the time. Uh, mm-hmm. And everything in that, you know, aside from the fact that, you know, it's, it's false as in regards to this was not the case. But like this, like, every, the, like the, everything that in there for the times was, was legitimate. And it has been published. It has been released. It has been in circulation for God knows how many years. It's essentially a bookmark in culture and uh, criticism at some point in time. Yes. Whether or not that necessarily uh, facilitates a change, it serves as a reference point. Yeah, yes. and, and I mean, obviously, throughout my comments during this episode, the things that really struck me were the anti-Semitism and the racism that was kind of the, the, the background. Um, in the movie, you see a lot of people basically being like, there are foreigners and there are Jews. Go and look for them. Obviously, Whoa, this he... is not the book. Man, that gets way more. Way, like, oh my God. Like, there are there are American Red Indians in town. Go go check out them. They probably right. did it. They're there savages. are savages. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, oh there my is also, God. There's also, I don't know if you, uh, you all had noticed too, but... Uh, there is also, well, of course, overt classism because we know that was the whole thing. You know, the Whitechapel area was is known for at the time was known for you know the the destitute and stuff like that. But if you noticed in the graphic novel, the way that the art style changed depending upon where the characters were at. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Right. There was more color and actually probably more solid black in anything that had to do with the rich because anything black was something that was a dyed item back in those days and cost a lot of money. And so you actually get into those scenes with the queen and those frames were, there was a lot of black in those frames. There was a lot of anything else was, was blacks. It was blues. It was rich colors. Mm-hmm. Right. Because they afford, they could afford dyes because yes. they were royals. Sure. And then you get into the scenes in Whitechapel and everything is black and white, but the black is much more sketchy and, like right. thinner lines. Well, right. but also the women who are, you know, having to work for a living, mm-hmm. um, they all are in red or emerald or blue or they're in color, mm-hmm. not in black or white. And and there's another show that I highly recommend on Hulu. Hulu, yes, yes. Hulu, um, called Harlots, which is also in about the same time period. But it really shows like how desperate people were to be to have to get into that line of work. And then to have the aristocracy say, you need to be punished for being like this. Like they chose to do it. Like it was a choice for them to 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 live the way that they live. I actually want to bounce off of that because we've had discussions on this show specifically about sex work mm-hmm. and and being you know sex work positive in a in a way that in this society we we have shunned sex work but it really should just be something that is accepted and is legalized it's the oldest profession yes it's still not legal in this yeah. in most of this country right but but yeah the it's the religious stigma really that it comes down to right but, and I, I know that uh, some of us did not read this far, um, in From Hell, it is the circle of uh, Mary and her circle 
blackmails the the uh, basically the crown mm-hmm. indirectly, but yes, yes, yeah. that they know about the baby and the and the prince and everything else. Right. In the movie, it is that they are uh, unwedding. Yes, they are they are collateral damage for having been at the secret wedding. Right. The, the crown is aware of them and that they know, and so yes. they've just kind of bypassed the blackmail. Right. Yeah. For two thousand one. That is an extremely sex positive view. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can only imagine that the meeting in the Hollywood room was, well, they're already whores. We can't make them blackmailers too. But inadvertently. Well, no, I think that the whole, (laughs) okay. I understand like the, the jest there, but the thing is, is they were trying to make them the victim because those women who were killed by Jack the Ripper were victims. Yes. And so I think that there was a feeling that they had to um, make it black and white and not make it gray. And that was one thing that I picked up reading through the graphic novel. Uh, there, there were you know, a few people that I would consider that maybe were, I don't know if I want to even say innocent, but the, the varying degrees, it almost seemed like when you're reading the graphic novel, there was no such thing as a good person in that, in the whole graphic novel. With the exception, With the exception of a few individuals that were, you know, forced into a bad position where they had to do things and stuff like that. But there was really like even degrees, like even the inspector was, the inspector wasn't even a good person either. Right. And that shows through in both the movie and the the graphic novel. You know, I don't, other than the opium addiction, I can't think of a thing that he was vilified for in the movie. Well, that's well, because in the movie they changed his backstory, right? Yes. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Because in the in the movie, and, and this is a, a minor spoiler for the the graphic novel. Twenty the, seconds, if you want to avoid, go. <laughs> in, in the in the graphic novel, he was on his second wife and still married. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the difference between the the movie and the graphic novel. Is in the movie he was. He was only on his. He was first, a widower. Yeah, he was a yeah. widower after yeah. his first wife. And 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 you get the impression that the only reason that he started his opium addiction was to escape the pain yes. of losing his wife. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think the movie tried to um, really put forth who the heroes were and who the villains were in a very clear, cut and dried way that. Alan Moore was just like, no, fuck you. Everybody's We've got, got everybody's got well, issues. Every, the, only, the only person that's not bad in this graphic novel is Baby Alice, and you only you know you don't know you don't even frames. know you don't even know about Baby Alice. Yeah. Do you do you feel Baby like, Alice <laughs> killed a man in Reno just to watch it die? <laughs> do do the three of you feel that maybe because of the change in perspective? Because the graphic novel, uh, just a heads up, is a is a omniscient narrator point of view, whereas the movie is from the, the second, inspector's point of view. The well, second book is, that is to a T, what you just said, yeah. because he just, like, he is, I, yeah. I liked more. Well, I have loved all of more up to this point, and now I'm just like, oh, wow, <laughs> this got long. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, repeat that question again. So, like, because, <laughs> with with the with the with the change in perspective, like, do we think that that might have also been why things didn't necessarily flow right for the film? Because the film they made it in the from the perspective of 
for the most part, the perspective of the of uh, or they bounce back and forth between the Ripper and uh, the Inspector. Yeah. Whereas the Ripper, the, Inspector, and Mary. Yeah. Right. Whereas the the graphic novel, you are you are playing you are reading as the omniscient narrator. You're seeing everything unfold well, from the very beginning of the yeah. entire conspiracy to the very would, to the very end. I would say yes and no because um, the the way that we got it was broken into the original ten books and uh in the the digital format but each book is from a different perspective so the first and second or the first book is from primarily an omniscient but also wells's perspective the second book well, the first book was basically sir william's upbringing it was his childhood. you're correct sorry Yes, I'm the, wrong. Yeah, like the first, well, the first half of the first book. Right, the right. first half of the first book, then it moves to Wells in an omniscient, but also following him. The second book is following primarily the carriage driver as he is. Yeah. <laughs> that was oh, that was one thing Netley. I did not like about the film is they poor didn't, they Netley. barely, they yeah. barely touched on Netley like going slowly insane over the whole thing. In the graphic that, novel, I'm just well, like, yes, this man is like 100% I'll give you that. 100% well, I'll give you that. But should... I have to say though, I mean, maybe it's because I've seen the movie so many times. I've seen it like, I don't know, four or five times. I... I see that because he's just like this dude, you know, he's like, yeah, I'm a dude. And then he's like, oh shit, something's going on. Oh my God, I'm involved in this. And then, oh my God, I am involved in this. Well, and then you there's know? the member of the the uh, secret force or the special force that shows up and is like in the movie for like 30 seconds that is like, you need to do this for us. Your master is coming. You need to pick him up right away. There will be further instructions. Yeah. Like it does set that up in a, I felt brilliant way where you don't need all of the involvement that happens in the graphic novel. Yes. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of stuck somewhere in the fence. I, I partially agree with Luke because yes, you like, I was slowly going insane reading that second <laughs> graphic novel where where sir william is literally going through and explaining all of these details to his carriage driver and you just i'm, I'm going to spoil that for people because you need to know in advance the second graphic novel is wordy <laughs> it, it, you are going to read and read and read and you're going to learn more about the history of london and I don't even know if that's the real history of London, but you're going to learn more about the history of London than you ever wanted to. Oh, but the history of London is fascinating. Yeah, it's fascinating, but I was on a time crunch. We had I will a schedule give you, <laughs> I will give you the fact that once I had read the graphic novel, there were certain shots and scenes in from the film that made a little bit more sense and a little bit more meaningful. Like there's yeah. Cleopatra's there's, Needle. Yeah, yeah, Cleopatra's Needle. Some needle. of the shots yep. of 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 you know the Whitechapel district and stuff like that, you know, Cleveland Street, like some of those are just like yes. okay, this is this is where we're at, you know, in the film. It's like we're you're we're 20 minutes in. This doesn't happen until like two thirds of the way through the novel. What the hell's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, yeah, it was it a very it felt very out of time for me, which kind of going back to Netley is he just kind of, if to me, it felt like they just kind of injected him into the film and there was no buildup with it. Like that second book, you know, that Bear's talking about where he's, where you're following him, you're just like, 
what the hell is this old duffer talking about? He's just there going on crazy and like talking about this stuff. You mean I'm going to be stuck driving this guy around London? What the hell is going on here? I don't want to do this anymore. Get me out of here. I, I figured out about about a third of the way into that into that second graphic novel that if I would have actually had a map of London in front of me, I probably would have been able to draw out some kind of pattern from all the stops that he was reading up. But I just, I just, I agree with that. I, I agree I, with that. I just didn't yeah. care. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Normally, like, like it's the middle of summer. Everybody's busy. Everybody's got stuff going on. We're trying to get recordings in and stuff like that. And I'm like, I know there's something that's really cool that's going on here. He's taking a lot of time to set up. And if I actually did a little research on the side of reading this, it would probably be really awesome. And I just don't have time for that. I would have to point out just real quick too. There's another thing that upset me that um, from the novel compared to the film in the film, when, uh, when he puts, when he has this hallucination, he puts the, the, the heart into the, into the pot in the fireplace the way that the the uh, graphic novel portrays that there is a lot more involvement probably on par on par with uh, bear's favorite uh, second book uh, of the graphic novel but they kind of allude to that like it was it was kind of weak like after you read through the graphic novel like uh, but they didn't do so much in the film to kind of set up his uh, his uh, his insanity. Like they knew it was like, okay, yeah, he had the he had the brain aneurysm thing. He was kind of going off and stuff like that. But they didn't necessarily they couldn't go further into it because of the fact that it would be like, uh, what's the words I'm looking for? A disappropriate response, you know, like yeah, uh, disproportionate, least, response. Yeah, disproportionate response. Like it would have been like if they would have went you know, sky high like they did in the graphic novel for that, that would have just, you know, been way over the edge on it. So that was, it was something like that, like, like they didn't capture it the best they could, but then again, I don't think they were, you know, they, I don't think that was the goal of the film anyway. Well, I'm not sure that they had the, the, I, I think that I hate to be defending the film here because I mean, you know, the film isn't, it's, Don't it's do fine. it, Jen! It's fine, but I feel like given the parameters that a Hollywood produced movie has, they did a really excellent job of building, building the drama and, and putting the characters where they needed to be because they needed to have, they needed to have in the movie, they needed to have that relationship between Everline and um, Sir Wells. Sure. Dr. Wells. They needed to have that, that, that. Am I talking about the same person as Dr. Wells? That's Sir William, right? Sir William. Yes. Yep. Okay. William Wells. So Dr. Wells and, and Aberline, they, they need to have that meeting where he's searching and, and Wells, it's like part of him wants to. Poncitella wants to brag. Oh, absolutely. Right, right. It's the serial killer yes, thing. It's like, exactly, I have to brag. Exactly. Which is why Tell he tells everybody. him about the Lister knife. Which yes. is why he, he starts to move him along the path to be like, but you're a common man. There's no way. Yeah. Right. You know? Well, and that's the thing. It's like the, the rudimentary drawing in the movie that Aberline does Seriously, you're gonna get Lister knife from that? If you're you the Pictionary know. King, yeah, yeah. I want to play Pictionary with Jack the Ripper. <laughs> well, because he that's like, oh yeah, that's my knife. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, there that's that's I what I would say. Yeah, I would think that the graphic novels were 
I mean, Alan Moore is dense. Like his writing is so. I haven't dense. had. Mm-hmm. I haven't really had any problem with anything else that he's done until like I should Swamp say, Thing. I've read. I read okay. every word of Swamp Thing. Okay. I love the hell out of Swamp Thing. Um, when I was reading um, Watchmen, mm-hmm. there was the sections that were taken from like the excerpts from the book that was written in that. Yes, that universe. That I will totally admit I skipped. Yes, yes. I 100% skipped those because, yeah, that was dense. But the rest of it, like, I just read and, and it, I actually got about halfway through it and went, I don't really think I need to read any more of this because they are practically word for word from the graphic novel, what they did in the movie. Of course, then yeah. I didn't realize it when, at the end, I didn't realize that the graphic novel had a different ending. Stuff. Yeah. Second squid, <laughs> right? Yeah. Psychic alien Psychic squid, alien squid it, which it, is actually well, that's already been spoiled oh, by the okay. series. All right, technically. right, right. The new so, series. So to kind of to kind of uh, spin off, uh, since we're kind of go back to shifting about more, I had another question. Um, is it just typical? Since I've only gotten two graphic novels of his under, and you know, after reading through this, I've been kind of half tempted to delve into actually read V for Vendetta instead of just watch the film or you know jump in the swamp thing. Is it? typical of uh alan moore to write his characters that just like to instantaneously go from one place to another yes small spoiler alert a little bit a little bit yeah uh the the other part that i'll say is um out of those two i would recommend v for vendetta as a read um v for vendetta i I love the hell out of swamp thing yeah uh well but okay i will say if you liked from hell out of all of all of these that we've done just keep getting Alan Moore stuff. Because if you get it, I am 100%. And this goes for our listeners too. If you get Alan Moore, dude. I, yeah, do all of it. Do, do, it. Yeah, yeah. Like, Go for it. Because he's, he's got, brilliant. He's got some supremely brilliant moments. Yes. Because I think that I get about 35% of Alan Moore. I would, I'd say I'd probably get about 50 to 60%. Okay. Do you think maybe, uh, maybe because... Uh, um, with this being, I guess you could call this historical fiction, do you think this is a little bit different from his other stuff? Um, yes and no. I mean, technically, you could almost call V for Vendetta historical fiction. Right. V for yeah, Vendetta true. is going to fall directly between Watchmen and this. V yeah, for Vendetta... Much, this, is, this is like yeah. actual history. Watchmen is a spinoff on past events it is it is an alternate reality is what watchman is sure and i would say the same thing for for v for vendetta is also an alternate reality well v for vendetta yes because there are events that happen up until the crisis that creates the world that you're in whereas Watchmen goes a little further back because more like back to like vietnam yeah yeah. so more like uh like man in the high castle style rather than like yes this happened in the past right absolutely it is a it is a there was a significant event that diverged timelines whereas watchmen was more the world just kind of came into this because of several events v for vendetta is an event happened and it changed the trajectory of the world right. same with man in the iron uh, in the high castle yep well yes Yes, yes. Yes. It was yeah. it was this sure. yeah. decisive victory of right. the, the axis. Right. I mean, Watchmen is more nuanced because it's like these small things happened in history that affected things happening 
in present day. Right. It's Which, multiple events instead of one right. event that mm -hmm. changed things. And I, I totally agree. I mean, Alan Moore is so dense and kind of crazy, but just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, the stuff he writes is really Yeah, great. no, it's it's I can appreciate it, but more in the way that I am not a fan of Led Zeppelin or Nirvana. I appreciate what they gave to the the culture. I am not fans of them. I used to be a fan of Nirvana. Then when he shot himself, I happened to be, since I grew up in rural. I'm sorry, Florida. hold on one minute. Do you mean when Courtney Love injected him with a lot of heroin and shot him instead? Sure. Whatever. Anyways, <laughs> no, no, the reason why I got sick of it was because I grew up in rural South Dakota. And one weekend, I happened to be at a wave a school thing at a hotel where we had cable and I was just like oh my god there'll be MTV and I'll actually get to watch some music videos and this will be <gasps> Kurt Cobain shot himself I I don't really care but oh my god all Nirvana all the time they're playing heart shaped box every 30 minutes oh, oh my god it's uh, all they're doing is talking about how awesome he was it that Careful, careful, careful. I just stopped that, <laughs> I stopped that sentence. I stopped that sentence. Okay, either the Freemasons or people that really like Nirvana have murdered us all. <laughs> no. Or Trump supporters. Possibly Courtney Love. Okay, all I have to say is my life intersects all of these points. <laughs> That's true. And you know what? I, meh. I, I am who I am. And, and I that's like what all I that like. You am. I like what I like. You want some spinach? And fuck all y'all. <laughs> <laughs> she does always want spinach. Okay. I do. Any other questions or points that anyone wants to bring for From Hell? I'm pretty sure we had like a some kind of structure for this episode that kind of just went I did, out and, the window and after a I have of dead Nazis. Roughly been following it. <laughs> well, well the, well, the funny part is for me is I would really love to talk about the graphic novel, but we're just trying to get people to go read the graphic novel, and I don't yes. want to talk about the movie, and I, I don't want to talk about the movie. <laughs> you can, well, you can but... talk about the graphic novel, just so, you've got to be vague about it. Luke, this is Josh will just edit all my parts out, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> give us your best pitch for why why should people read the graphic novel? Because I think we're at the point where the three of us are like, just watch the movie, you'll be fine. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I'll probably read the rest of it just because I'm I'm he's a I'm this many I'm, I'm I'm this many hours deep. I'm like, let's, let's just do it. So if I was going to say, FYI, that's how marriage happens. <laughs> I'm already in it. So um, <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Not you, dear. So, oh. Oh. Um, if if we're if we're going to be talking in, in regards to that, uh, I think people should read the graphic novel mainly because it is the film portrays it. Uh, I, I believe the film portrays it in more of a, like I said before, a police procedural, uh, more of the mystery sense. Whereas the graphic novel focuses more on um, uh, the Ripper's insanity and the entire conspiracy from beginning to end. Right. So that way it isn't so much of the fact that, because everybody knows Jack the Ripper, famous serial killer, you know, in Victorian era London. Everybody right. knows that part. I think the movie kind of emphasizes that part. Whereas the graphic novel uh, shows uh, more of 
you know, the conspiracy and how this came to be in the, in the fictional sense or what was, you know, the, right. until it was proven, you know, disproven that didn't happen. Um, that uh, it's, there, there is more to it than just the fact that he, he killed hookers in Whitechapel. It was, you know, there was a reason for it. Here was the reasons. And this is why he did it this way because, you know, the, the removal of organs and stuff like that. It's just like, well, why would somebody do that? He must've been uh, crazy. Well, yeah, he was crazy. This is why it was crazy. This is how it, this is how it turned out to be. And even got to the point where even, you know, even the, the, the organizations that were part of that were just like, uh, this is, you know, it's time to stop now. It's like, well, yeah, well, he will stop as soon as the, the task is done. The task is done. Boom. It's all over. The it's, it's, um, but because of Moore and the way that he's very meticulous about things, uh, and as uh, we've been pointing out, he's very dense. It's it's very because of that structure, you just get drawn into that whole thing. Right. Like it actually took me a long while before I realized when I was first reading through the graphic novel, I'm like, oh, this is what they were talking about in the film. So then I was like, okay, let me backtrack a few pages to get caught up to get since my brain's now caught up to what's going on here. Okay, this is actually what's happening. Um, so. I think it's uh, if if you're one of those people that wants to see where the film got its basis from, I would definitely read it. Um, but if you're one of those people where where this is going to ruin the film for me or this will ruin the graphic novel for me, yeah, I'd still take a stab at it just because. But you know, there may be like for me, like I was, I loved the movie at first. Then I read the graphic novel and then watched the movie again. That was. That was a big. That was a big mistake. <laughs> that was a big mistake. <laughs> this is actually. I, I kind of want to have the same experience. This is kind of the reason why I want to finish reading the rest of the graphic novels. Is because okay, now I, w- I want to read the rest of them, and I want to go back and watch the movie again, and I want to see if I have the same reaction. It's it's kind of along the same comparison. Like for example, um, I don't know how how you guys uh, did any of this, but I watched the first couple Harry Potter movies before I read any of the books. And it wasn't until I had seen uh, Prisoner of Azkaban in the theater that I started reading the books. And at that point in time, my entire viewpoint of the Harry Potter film series just changed for me. So I know I know that some people have that whole thing, but I don't know how many people, have, if people have done it like mid midstream or anything like that before. But I think that will this that will play a huge part of this. Um, I read I read all of the books of Harry Potter before I watched the movies. Not not every uh, so the movies were starting to come out so I watched them as they were coming out but I I read the books first and I still have never watched the last movie of yeah same same because but also the book was fuck just J.K. So Rowling also yes. right now fuck also, J.K. Rowling but yeah okay that's that's fine let's we can rag on her too in just a second but um, so actually. <laughs> I actually started watching the movies. I, I watched. I didn't watch the first movie until like I think the second or third movie came out. So I was just like, "Oh my god!" It's just they're trying to do magic and they're trying to do it for little kids, and it's just I, I'm like I was I was pompous and I was above this, and I'm like, "This is going to be awful. It's going to be terrible." So good. right, and then I sat down and wa- <laughs> I, I sat down and watched it, and I was just like, "Oh my god! This is this is so so fucking good." And I watched, I think the first, I think I watched the first three or, I think it was the first four movies until I sat down, like it was, I think it was watching Goblet of Fire with your brother 
in the movie theater and I almost kicked him in the head in the movie yep, theater. Yep, that was that time. I was right? the same way too. <laughs> I was like, shut up, Phil. <laughs> shut up, Phil. So we'd be sitting there and like we'd be watching the movie and it would cut scene and he'd be like, skip 50 pages. Shut up. We're watching the movie, watch the movie. Skip 75 pages. Dude! <laughs> like, dude, just, just let me enjoy this. Just shut up. Um, and, and from that point, I like he he was actually Phil was actually the one that handed me uh, my first copy of the first book and I I got about probably ten chapters in and I put it down and I said no I'm gonna watch the rest of the movies for because there was already <laughs> such a huge difference mm-hmm. in the first ten chapters of the book than there was in the first movie yeah that I was just like nope I'm gonna watch the rest of the movies because I like the movies I'm enjoying the movies I'm gonna watch them all. And then I'll go back and read. And at this point, I think I've only read through like book, well, audiobooks through, because some people don't consider audiobooks reading, and you all can go to hell. <laughs> um, but I've audiobooked my way through, I think, book five, and I just kind of dropped it and moved on to other stuff. Um, and honestly, I, I'm not 100% convinced that the things that were cut out were super necessary. Right. Yeah. You well, know? I mean, I was the parent of not young adults, but kids who were reading at that level. So I read all of them mm-hmm. because I wanted to read them before I gave them to my children to oh, read. Oh, because you were a good parent. Um, and, you know, it was, I thought it was a really great world. And I thought it was, there were really great stories there. Um, you know, again, as an adult, the kids kind of got a little whiny about, you know, like, uh, whatever. <laughs> You know, parents are not trying to limit your limit you. I mean, yes, in Harry Potter, some of them were, some but them were. you know, it's like the. But it's you know, okay, so you're just trying to get kids on your side. You know, it's like, oh, all adults are trying to keep us from learning all the things we should learn. It's like, wow. Well, and then and then adults started trying to teach them some of the things that they shouldn't have been learning, and everybody was just like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Mm-hmm. When we got into you know, like what was it, book, books five and six, it was just yeah. like, "Oh, we're actually teaching the the unforgivable curses in class." That's awesome. It hurts oh a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I finished Jurassic Park and Interview with the Vampire in the Carmike parking lot before going in to see the movies. So did you regret that one? Oh, (laughs) Jurassic Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, I was upset because my favorite scene was both the pterodactyl scene and floating down the river right after that, and they literally float past a sleeping T-Rex. And at the time, I think I was 94, so I would have been 13 or 14. You'd have been like... Yeah, like yeah, yeah, fifth or sixth grade because I was in. Like, no, 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 it was it was high school. Um, oh well, thirteen I, I or thinking, fourteen is middle school. Nope, I started freshman year, thirteen years old. Okay, uh, I graduated at seventeen. So you read the book later. I read the book like not long after it came out. I read I I so I was reading the book knowing that I was going to see the movie, mm. um, and I just was crunched for time and literally my mom being who my mom is, she said, okay, well, we're going to go and we're going to stop in the parking lot and I'm going to take your siblings into the arcade and you can read. Um, and I did that also for Interview with the Vampire. And Interview with the Vampire was not as upset. Um, I under- I understood at that point the changes that were made. 
Jurassic Park, I was like, but my favorite parts weren't in the movie. And I feel like now as an adult, I'm like, you can't do that in the first movie. There was just so much. Yeah. So much you had to get in. And while that was awesome and the whole Lex's baseball glove being taken by pterodactyls and like this whole thing, yeah, you can't. You just, it's not. I actually read the book. I think I need to do that at some point in time. You should. It's it's a good read. Actually, uh, the the thing that's shocking is that the second movie is actually better than the second book. Uh, Lost World, well, the movie. The second... Because half of Lost World, the movie, was adding in stuff they the, cut the from scenes, the original yeah, the scenes Jurassic the Park. Original movie, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. But anyway, uh, this has been a conversation long since coming about <laughs> books versus media but and i will i will stick to my guns on my particular philosophy um i've had that ever since i think both me and luke had finally gotten out of college and it was it was both harry potter i think and dune that did it to me where i finally came to the conclusion of if i if i don't already know about the series if i haven't already like obviously there's several books out there yeah that i've already read like if you come to me with anything in the Dragonlance series, obviously I'm, I'm going to have issues because I've read so much Dragonlance. I got that DVD. Well, right? well yeah. and, the, and the couple of times they tried to do it, they failed miserably. So I'm just yeah. like, no, just don't touch it ever again. Really? Just don't. You, it's like you CGI'd over, over like, like animation? Why? Well, so yeah, the, the problem with the Dragonlance stuff is that they actually like, Kiefer Sutherland is Raceland is inspired. Well, like that's a yeah, fantastic that choice. So the casting was really good. Cause like, and it was just all the visuals. That just well, yeah, because ass. they did it in the early '80s Hobbit style animation. But anytime a dragon showed up, it was, it was the, CGI. the reboot CGI, yeah. like like the cartoon reboot CGI, and it was horrible. Yeah, but you were so close, and that is what bothers me. Yeah, I don't <laughs> care if something is like. Oh, this was horrible, and it was horrible beginning to end. Whatever. Now I'm going to watch it because it's funny. Mm. Like, I own that Dragonlance movie, and I can't fucking watch it because it was so close to being good. And there are so many parts that are good, and then it fucking sucks. Well, that was kind of like what turned into a hate-watching of the Swamp Thing uh, (laughs) The beginning of Swamp Thing (laughs) was good. But I have to say this one thing. I don't mind movies, however bad they might be, if they introduce even just a fraction of the viewers to the books. Yeah. If the movie, if there is a movie that is made of a book or a book series that sends some people to a book to read, I am happy. We're looking at you, <laughs> Ready Player One. Do, well, do, you, do you think of it more of like a necessary evil in that sense? Well, no, I don't. I, I it's think like a that, gateway drug? Well, I think that it's, it's you know... I think a lot of movies are made from books that someone loved, you know, it's not because, oh, we can make a lot of money off of this. There is someone who is championing this project because there was something about this book that, that moved them. And so to me, no matter how terrible the movie is, if someone sees that movie and then finds out there's a book and there's something about the movie that speaks to them and they go and read the book, I don't care if the movie didn't match what the book is. Well, that's a, kind of our whole point. Yeah. I mean, 
the the whole point of this podcast is that yeah like we have said in our opinions kingsman and atomic blonde mm-hmm. what the movies were they're they're very different and they're they're in fact both of them are minimalist to what the movies created however if you really like that media go and read them absolutely Absolutely. But we prepare you. If you are somebody that's going to really, really love the Kingsman series and you go and read The Secret Service, which is what it was based off of, we at least can warn you, hey, by the way, do not expect the Kingsman movie in graphic novel form. It is very different. Yeah. I, and and we allude to how it's different, but we're also not going to ruin it for you. And that's all. I think we figured out after three seasons. That's a hard line to kind of skirt. But if you love something, or if you really like a media aspect, you should know where it comes from. That is that is the part of fandom that a lot of these, uh, you know, incels, you know, miss. <laughs> you know, it's it's the people on the internet that are like, when did X Men become so political? From the first <laughs> fucking issue. From its literal inception, right. you idiot. Like, I knew right. that as a kid watching the cartoon. Right. right. Like, this was it's 100% like, come on, about people. racism. Yeah, this is racist. These are these are uh, races being uh, oppressed. This is sexual identity being repressed. This is whatever. But it, it, it is given the moniker of mutant and you can do that with so much now. Right. So in in the similar vein of the whole of the of the what what's better, the movie the movie of the book or or the, the book itself, uh, whether or not it's actually better or not, um, is it with with that with this further discussion now, um, there is very, very few opportunities where it actually translates uh, uh mostly well. Uh so, like, for example, uh, I, I brought this up earlier with Watchmen. Watchmen is damn near uh, identical to the graphic yeah. novel. It's, do it's we think, practically straight from the book to the, to the screen. Do we think that, is that, is that uh, um, a, um, do we think, like, that's a mistake? Or, like, do you think that they, they pushed really hard to make sure that it was a, uh, like, a one-for-one, uh, you know, a transfer? Or is that just, or do you think it's something that you couldn't change that that uh, the message or the just the the plot or anything about that to to make it better or better for film or the fact that it maybe it just worked? Josh is chomping at the bit uh, to answer this one. No, no he's, he's given me. Oh, is that yes. what it was? Okay. I, I have two thoughts about this. One is that the graphic novel was a perfect storyboard for a movie. It was. And 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 the second thought... They didn't thought, have to do any storyboarding. Right, right. They literally just picked up the graphic and novel. Here's, my, here's your storyboard. And my second thought is, you know, when you are when you are trying to to create a movie and you have source material, you want as much of that source material that makes sense in a palatable amount of time. And again, We've discovered as Americans worked. that you have a maximum yeah. of three yeah. hours. That is the I like that absolute phrase. limit. Yes, the phrase as Americans. Well, no, 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 no. A palatable amount oh. of time. Yeah. Right. Because even. So, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say that with that, the, the whole palatable amount of time, 
which is why you know like we said like we have these three hour chunks like you know as as uh, grown adults now as we uh find ourselves here uh with the current state like i don't have the time i used to as as a teenager or as you know a college student or just out of college anymore to to really sit down and, and do things like you know, I long for the days that I could get my friends together and, you know, play uh, Pathfinder Dungeons and Dragons the entire weekend or, you know, watch movies and read comic books and stuff. Or like have, that. A, have a movie marathon and sit down and watch the entire Harry Potter series from beginning to end. You know, one of these days I'm going to do it, but it's going to be Godfather and we're just going to have Italian day for food and it's going to be but absolutely you, amazing. You best damn let me know when that's happening. <laughs> uh, trust me, who do, you, who do you think I'm going to call? <laughs> it'll happen in my house <laughs> you and your wife will come down right but i mean palatable amount of time and then and i think that's the thing like with with more there there's there's a lot to digest yeah. uh you know and trying to condense down that that uh those uh his works into a palatable amount of time is really is really tough but i think what you know what, what jen said there's the fact that watchman is a storyboard so they were able just Boom, here it is. But mm-hmm. I think with everything else, if you followed if you followed from hell as a storyboard, whew, oh, whew, my you're probably goodness. you're probably looking more yeah. at like Netflix miniseries, but it would well, yeah, probably yeah. get canceled like a third of the way through, to be honest. Right. Because there are certain episodes that are nothing but the history of London. Of course. Like you know, a dude in a carriage just going around being like, and so from the dawn of Died. And okay, <laughs> there are some people. I'm not. I'm not pointing myself out for this, but there are some people who like that kind of thing. <laughs> well, well there's know. some people that can watch HGTV for 48 hours straight. But hey, there are also hey. people who watch <laughs> documentaries. I'm in this and I'm hurt. <laughs> documentaries, or you know, I'm just saying. Right. <laughs> I'm not saying that I don't go over to you know Cat's house. I you know you're listening, and you know watch like six hours of the motor trend app shows like right Kill garage i'm sure if you know if we everybody that was sitting around watching the tv at the time could pallet sitting around watching hgtv we'd be doing that too because there's a garage going up soon <laughs> anyway the the yes the point is that uh hollywood seems to and again we go back to tank girl hollywood seems to think that they have this need to dumb things down uh to get it they they have they have a need to make sure they get a return on their investment is what they have Mm -hmm. with uh with the uh with the uh with more uh services coming out uh like uh, netflix and amazon and hulu and everybody else that's doing all this original programming do you think if because tanker was released late 80s was it no, early nineties. No. Early nineties. Yeah. Um, no. Ninety-one. The movie or yes. the the movie was the movie. Because I remember seeing the movie and I thought that was pretty damn cool. But what I, I wanted to say, what I want to say was, was because no, maybe it might have been. I don't know. We have to check it later. But anyway, uh, with with the fact that because that had to go through, you know, that had to go through, you know, production studios and stuff sure. like that, and there was all that. Do you I'm think sorry, maybe ninety-five? Okay. Do you think that maybe with now that there's all kinds of other services, you know, uh, that are pumping out all this original content, do you think that there's more options for things like that to get a better platform? Yes, absolutely. I, I absolutely agree because all we have to do is take a good look at the the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, with you know the uh, Infinity Stone Saga. 
Right, that's the large tentpole one, but right. then you've got Runaways. Runaways won't work as a series on TV, but Runaways worked very well on Hulu. It ran for five seasons. Yeah. Then you've got Cloak and Dagger. Cloak and Dagger isn't even going to do a Hulu series, but it, it, it did, really didn't. It was, but it did it was a struggle. Two, but it did two seasons on Freeform. So you have tiers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and obviously you have less money in each one well, of those tiers. We take, we take sure. Other things where like we we actually took when we made a series out of a video game for a change as opposed to a movie and we we took the witcher and we turned it into the next fucking game of thrones now i love the fact that they didn't follow the actual books in those but man that series they did a damn good job with it right i mean I'm, i can't right. say that i'm a, the biggest fan of, of henry cavill after his comments during the me too movement but he did a great fucking job acting Right. As a, as a friend of mine said, thighs like Christmas hams. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. We're going to oh put that right God. beside America's ass and put that up on the wall. Thighs <laughs> like Christmas hams. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, I think in last episode I joked about it, but golden age of television. We really are in a place that if you are willing to go to different places and, and you are willing to stream for a certain thing. And you, you don't know, even have to spend that much money anymore. No. 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 I mean, we have CBS for six dollars a month. Yeah. I, I think the last question for this is the usual are we so, gonna keep reading? So there is no keep reading because from uh, hell much like did not go yeah, much like V for a Vendetta and Watchmen. Right. But I think. Are you going to read any further than you already have? <laughs> I think. For Luke, would you continue reading Alan Moore content? Absolutely. This, okay. For the three of us I that highly have, recommend Swamp Thing. For the three of us that have now read four, and I think all of us have read League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which might be a season. I actually four. haven't read. I okay. haven't read League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I love Have I got some books for you? Oh, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> so that might be a season four. So we'll we'll exclude League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Okay. He has done stuff in the last 20 years. Would you keep if you saw Alan Moore's name on a book, would you be like, I need to read that? Uh, Considering that uh, of any uh, comic book author, I, I can't really name uh, any others that I've read a considerable amount of their work or even watched films based off their work, I would definitely say yes, because I've, you know, he's got the most work that I've kind of ingested so far. And so now that I've actually read From Hell and, you know, seen and read Watchmen, I'm really interested to see what V for Vendetta is like. Uh, I knew of Swamp Thing, but I never really went into it. And I know that's one of uh, Bear's uh, go-to, so I'm going to definitely check that out. But yes, I would definitely, if it's an Alan Moore thing, definitely check it out. Jen and I both had the same moment, like as soon as you finished that question of, of uh, and then like put our hands over our mouths and let, <laughs> let, let Luke talk. <laughs> um, and her, then I said, you Bear. Yeah, then first. she's sitting here <laughs> tapping me like, you, 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 you go. Um, so I, I would have that moment. I'd be like, I'd be like walking through Barnes and Noble or, you know, someplace like that. And I'd just be like, there'd be a big display and it'd just be like Alan Moore and it'd be blah. And I'd just be like, Ugh. and I'd literally be like the, like the fist and like biting the knuckle on the fist and be like, <laughs> or, 
do I spend my money? This well, this could be a thing. Uh, that for could be amazing for the uh, for the listeners out there, if you're if you're kind of holding off on it, they I while I was going through and uh, picking up my copy of uh, From Hell digitally, I did find out that they are re-releasing uh, From Hell in full color uh in late august so if that's if if you prefer uh, uh color over black and white uh then uh they're re-releasing it there's supposed to be some sort of master edition and other cool things with it uh, that's actually the version that i've been looking at is the master master edition oh there we go um, um and uh, you say full color but it's again that's the discussion that we were just having about how like when you're when you're in Whitechapel there's not a whole lot of color when you're in, you know, Queen Victoria's chambers, there's all kinds of colors. So yeah, I mean, take that for you, what you will. Sure. And I think uh, for me, I would, if I saw something that I hadn't read by Alan Moore, I would be interested, but I would also know that it would be taking a definite step because of his writing and the way that he creates scenes and the way it's just, it's kind of like, yes, I would read it because I know that he has done some really quality things, but I also know that it's going to be. So you walked into Vegas and you walked into a casino and you put $50 down on both red and black, knowing that you were going to lose. Some money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and to kind of expound on that, uh, uh, Bear and I have had some of these conversations before. Uh, our, our classic one uh, is uh, we, uh, when uh, the, original doom video game came out in the 90s we both would uh, we both uh would play that it it was it's one of my favorite games of all time but the thing one was when i was a kid and same for bear too we had nightmares every night until we nightmares until we beat the game Hmm. when when i the night i finished from hell i had those nightmares again only wow. it was was from hell style and i had it for one night and i wake up in the middle and i'm like holy cow damn that was that was intense well just uh, just for sake of reference like i started reading this yesterday um and i read through probably about one of those books but i was a little drunk from recording two episodes <laughs> so i slept pretty well but i've read three more graphic novels worth of it today and I'm probably going to read a little bit more tonight just because like I said I've kind of got this completionist moment going right now um so thanks for that I I, I appreciate knowing that there's, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have a fucking recurring nightmare because of it <laughs> well I mean I and then it wasn't say it wasn't recurring it was one night and it was when I after I had finished like the night I finished it because uh, I also advise probably not necessarily reading it before bed if you're kind of one of those people um but uh, you know, normally I'm not, so it was just kind of one of those things. But you know, maybe Personally, since it's a, I had that same moment when uh, I was reading the Zombie Survival Guide by Max Brooks. So, uh, Luke, thank you so much for coming on to Graphically Novel. There'll be always the next episode you have me on. Yes, yes. all all good. Yes, absolutely, because this was this was a lot of fun. I'll be honest, so- I'm kind of sad it took this long for you guys to invite me, <laughs> <laughs> Luke. Thank you so much for joining us. We we really enjoyed having you here. I appreciate you guys for having me. It was a really great time. Awesome. Blast, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And on that note, take it away, Vandello. Do, 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 do
trouble But the same old trouble Villains always knocking at the door Pretty pictures on the page But nothing ever stays the same Do, 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 do Ever as it 